Hey everyone, I'm your host from the Fallout, and welcome to Cross- Crossing Darkness, a podcast about the role-playing game, the world of darkness, uh, including games like Vampire the Masquerade, Mage the Ascension, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Hunter the Reckoning, so on and so forth. Uh, we're broadcasting on over uh, Twitch on Sunday, 7 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Central Time, and we are open to chatting with the fans during the show. Um, this is season two, episode eleven. I'm your, uh, and my co-host with me today is Motorori, who helped me create a podcast and a forty-person, four-table Gen Con event that involved uh, all the different games that we're kind of talking about here today. How's it going, Mike? Uh, pretty good. Uh, we're just coming off of uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, which, during the current times, for people listening in the future. Uh, was actually pretty nice because I didn't have to go anywhere uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but I still made a bunch of food for myself and I'm still eating it. Uh, and uh, it was actually kind of nice. You you were able to come over last night. It was just the two of us, so pretty safe. And uh, we watched some Lords of the Trident quarantine karaoke. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. And how how has your week been? I keep forgetting to ask you after I I tell you. <laughs> uh, things been going good. Yeah, uh, wife uh, left on Friday to go to Wyoming for work for setting some stuff up, and then I've just been relaxing this week. It's been kind of nice. Yeah, you're still working from home, so. Yeah, yeah, that makes things a lot easier. Um, So today's episode is going to be focusing on Madison's Supernode. So I think the first thing that we should kind of go into is what is a Supernode? So it's kind of a term that I've uh, coined. I don't know if other people have used it per se. I haven't really seen it. It's not an official thing for sure, but there are some um, mentions of things that that I kind of stole it from or like kind of use super node from and that's from the um the horizon the stronghold of hope book um and they go into the nine horizon uh nodes that kind of um, support concordia um so you have um there's nine star-shaped bastions um project from a diamond wall of concordia which encircles the, uh, the horizon chantry um, basically, they create gates um, in order to kind of get there. But uh, one of the big things that they kind of talk about with the like each one of these gates are controlled by a, um, a extremely powerful node. So it says that each of the nodes described can be considered essential, or <clears throat> sorry, can be considered uh, essentially endless source of quintessence. Um, each radiates an aura of sacred power that even sleepers can feel and it cannot be drained by anything less than a full technocratic assault. Um, in the penumbra, these places seem vivid, even by the spirit world standards. Through their glows, um, have, or the, though their glows have been dampened by their uh, supply lines that have been cloaked, any visi- uh, visitors with awareness, intuition, or prime magic... Oh, shoot. My cat keeps on stuff there we go um hopefully that <laughs> good kitty break anything <laughs> 
Uh, looks like the stream is still good. Okay, we're good. Um, so, where was I? Ah, yes, uh, the supply lines are cloaked. Um, so, can sense the unu unusual... So, if you have awareness, intuition, or the prime magic sphere, um, you can sense the unusual nature of these locations. All prime magic difficulties are at minus three difficulty within a half mile of each node. Even sleepers can feel the alive and ener er, ah, sorry. Even sleepers feel more alive and energetic um, in these if they visit these places. Um, so, like some of the um, different places that they kind of give here is the um, like the Arches National Park. Um, Oh, so they actually they give examples in that book? Yeah, the Library of Alexandria and Carthage, um, the Lesnock or the, the Loch Ness um, monster in Ireland, um, Thomas Edison's lab in New Jersey. Uh, the digital web is considered a node. Though the uh, the virtual adepts funnel quiescence from the numerous sites on the digital web on the digital web into the horizon. The Bonti node in Turkey, I guess, is once uh, had similar amounts of quintessence uh, until the... Uh, so, do they, actually, do they actually have nine in there? Yes, they have all nine of them in here. There's nine that power the, uh, m you know, the main horizon Chantry Concordia. And I'm guessing they're tied to the different spheres. Um, yeah, each one is kind of tied to the different spheres. And for this, I don't think we need to get into the deeper of, of exactly what, you know, stuff that they've done with Concordia, because we're going to kind of focus just on Madison. So Madison's kind of different on this because their super node doesn't um, connect to Horizon uh, or to Concordia. And there's a major reason for that. Um, so, Wait, real quick, what is Concordia? I've, I'm not sure I've ever heard of that. Concordia is the seat of power um, for all tradition mages. It's the um, their stronghold on, on Horizon. So they have mages have Horizon realms that they use um, in the Umbra, basically. Um, they're powerful places that you kind of set yourself up, um, to, like the main chantry of um, the... Order of Hermes, uh, Doisetep, is located in the Horizon Realm. Um, yeah. So the Concordia is the seat of, is where the council members meet for the head of, uh, and it's the, okay, the so most that's where powerful the... place. Of, it's it's the capital of the Horizon That's where the so-called Council of Nine uh, would would meet. Right, yeah. Yeah, Okay. And so, so we kind of took that concept of a supernode and placed it into our Madison Under Siege uh, mythos and gave Madison its own supernode. But then we put a bunch of history on top of it. Uh, yeah, right? you, want, you want to go over the... Uh, so, yeah, I think we'll go quickly kind of just over the history of this supernode and, like, the concepts kind of, of what we kind of built with it. Uh, do you want to start us off with the the 18, uh, 1814 BC event? Yeah, do, uh, do you want me to read that whole thing? Uh, yeah, just go ahead and read just the 1814 part. And... You know I like reading things. Yeah. Uh, 
Chibiabos is the beloved brother of the culture hero Nanabajo in the traditional stories of many Ash Anashinaabe communities. Uh, by some versions, Chibiabos and Nanabajo are twins. According to others, Chibiabos is Nanabajo's younger brother. And in still other tellings, Chibiabos was adopted by Nanabajo as his brother. In some communities, Chibiabos, like his brother, is associated with rabbits. His name literally means ghost rabbit. But in others, he was a wolf spirit, often represented in the physical form of a wolf. Chibiabos was murdered by water spirits, usually identified as water panthers or horned serpents, touching off a violent chain of events that included the destruction of the earth by flood. Afterwards, Nanabajo accepted that he could not bring his brother back to life, so Chibiabos became ruler of the underworld. He is portrayed as a good and kind being who takes good care of the land of the dead. Yep, so that is a little bit of a... Uh you know, thing that I kind of found in Native American history about kind of gods of death um, thing. So I kind of took that and used that to say that uh, Chibiabos, um, you know, was a, in, in our game, was somebody that did die and became basically one of the, you know, powerful wraiths of the underworld in North America. Um, and one of the things that he does is um, he finds this really powerful node inside of Madison when he's in the underworld. Um, now, one well, of what things, is now Madison? What is yeah? What is now Madison? Um, this is this is well before any colonization. Right. This is 814 BC, so not even in the AD yet. Um, so the way that I kind of took this was that um, you know I'm. Now, there isn't a lot, and I think we should just do a sidebar here real quick, is that there isn't a lot of information about how wraiths would use a node. Um, and the way that I kind of took this was that either A, Chibi, uh, that he had figured out some way of using his wraith powers to use the node, um, or he just worked with dream speakers. Like, one of the things I had was that um, the wraith the dream speakers, the changelings, and the werewolves of North America and of the Madison, what is now the Madison area, um, kind of work together in order to use this uh, powerful node. Um, so they worked together for about a thousand years. Um, first, they just kind of tapped the node um, to use it for its power. Um, and they kind of were fighting with this Neverborn, which if you go into um, Orpheus and stuff like that, kind of talks about these Neverborn that were ex uh, that exist in the Dark Umber, that is super powerful um, specters who were never um, alive at one point. They were they've always just been specters. Um, yeah, actually, I I just read about that. They are um, uh, they're beings of oblivion who come out of the labyrinth uh and in fact created the labyrinth to to some extent that exists at the the nexus of oblivion right yep and so um so they were kind of using this this node and all you know kind of created this um what we call the gahara pact um to fight this neverborn and to like kind of hold it down and lock it down with um with the super node um, and so that lasted for that kind of um, pack between the wraith, the, 
the dream speakers, the changelings, and the werewolves of North America lasted for about a thousand years. Um, yeah. Uh, just a few clarifications. Uh, so at this point, they wouldn't be considered dream speakers. They're just, uh, I mean, we it's the closest tradition that we have in the books would be considered dream speakers, but it's it would basically be the, the shamanistic magic of the, the native uh, peoples uh, right. that existed here beforehand. And in fact, uh, I, I was just thinking about the idea of like, okay, this this guy, important person, becomes a wraith, maybe has more powers because of who he was. Because uh, Arcanoi, the powers of wraith, still existed. That's kind of a timeless thing. It wasn't right. something that was developed. Right, there's certain... So maybe he's a little bit more... Certain Arcanoi were developed later. Um, they were, they, like, I believe oh, okay. The, I'm not 100% on that, but there's that. There's the, the guy that was making artifacts or whatever. He was the one that kind of made one of them. But yeah, they basically... A lot of them are basically timeless. Yeah. Uh, and so this, uh, this guy, who's relatively important in his area, finds this uh, node of energy that even though it's probably not supposed to, like we discussed yesterday, is seeping into the Shadowlands, the the dark reflection of this area that we now call Madison. And he uses that energy to basically empower the the people who die in in the area. In fact, he, and he creates a necropolis before necropoli are even really a thing, according to the, the Wraith source book, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Charon... Charon doesn't really like do stuff until uh, around Roman times, basically, which we're getting kind of goes back. To, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, this and so is you basically, can kinda... this might even be Charon. You know, <laughs> like you could, if I could see stories, oh, yeah. saying that this is Charon as well. As I'm not sure exactly when he died, but um... yeah. Um, but anyway, so so like in in my conception, just a little bit of world building idea, like. All these people who had their uh, their different tribes uh, and and regions in life now are all drawn to this central place, and with the arcanoi that uh, you know allow you to affect the land of the living, there's a possibility that you know they're doing a lot of stuff uh, with with those arcanoi to affect the the lives. Of people because now they have they this guy's like wow there's all there, there's there's all this energy and it can empower uh their powers and so it's it it could be somewhat of an explanation for why there's more of a uh actually i'm not going to touch that because that's culturally sensitive and i don't know about it enough to say whether or not natives in that era uh, had different views on the dead. Oh, I'm sure they did. I mean, they were, it's all small uh, tribes and stuff like that, that each one had their own belief structure. It wasn't like a North American belief structure at all. Yeah. But in any case... Well, I mean, there, there were uh, there were actually quite large um, political organizations, what we would call political organizations. Right. Uh but in any case, but yeah. So that's, I just wanted to throw that in there. 
Yeah. Um, so around 234 AD is when um, we kind of had scheduled it out that the super node and the, the Gahara pack kind of dissolves. I didn't go into exactly like what all kind of happens around that time, um, but the idea is that basically for whatever reason, the Gahara pack mainly dissolves and the Wraith take most of the power of the node to create an island realm within the Tempest. And so that kind of created, like there's a, a Stygia basically of uh, North America that is created during that time period. And um, so we kind of have, you know, our own little special wraith story that we kind of created during that time period and for a, you know yeah. more than a thousand years until 1000 or 1634 ad nothing really happens like you know the wraith kind of rebuild their stuff do their stuff and hide the node and make it so that nobody can see the node and kind of take all that power from the node and just put it into this island realm that they created this far shore that that um was able to be created at that time um yeah and and they're they're using the power of the node to obscure it from uh those who would use that power in the umbra or in the material world right yep so basically they're trying to stop it so that no other mages or werewolves or anybody is going to get involved in this and just the wraith are coveting that power at that point um, so we jump ahead, you know, more than a thousand years. Um, we go to 1634 AD, and this is when I have our character JD um, of the Order of Hermes arrives in Wisconsin searching for powerful nodes. So he'd kind of created this new spell that was going to let him look into um, ley lines and stuff like that to kind of, you know, see the hidden ley lines um, that the Wraith basically didn't anticipate this kind of special uh, way of looking for nodes that JD invented. And he comes to Madison and discovers the super node. But at the time, he just kind of, you know, spends a lot of time with the natives, the werewolves, um, the, the native mages of the area. And for about the next hundred years, he, he works to build an understanding um, with the natives and and builds a strong kind of friendship with the locals um but doesn't immediately take over the node or anything like that he kind of knows it's there but he doesn't know exactly how to access it or what's you know he's, he's got to do more study he's got to bring more people in um and then yeah at this point he probably he probably doesn't have an understanding of the, the underworld the shadowlands right uh and and actually, uh, while you were saying that, I was just thinking about uh, one of the one of the ways that scientists figured out like where large celestial bodies are supposed to be is by watching all the other ones that they have, and that's what I've always thought about in terms of how JD was finding this node. Mm -hmm. Was he like he looked at all the other data points and he was like, "There's something is supposed to be here." Like he knew where it was supposed to be, but when he got there, it just wasn't there. There, right. And so he was like, "I need to keep studying this. I need to figure out why this, all this data is pointing towards this spot." Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And uh, so he spends like a hundred years kind of trying to figure it out, but mostly also trying to like make friends and make it so that he can kind of stay in this area. Well, uh, after at about seventeen twenty A.D. Um, we have a group of uh, Verbena that kind of come to Madison. 
and uh, they uh, found the picnic point node, um, which is not a super node, it's just a, just a regular node, um, and basically declared war. <laughs> like, um, so the, the Verbena and the native uh, mages kind of go to war with each other over that, and along with the werewolves and stuff, over that picnic point node that exists. Um, in the end, JD kind of um, tries to bring peace to to these two different warring groups, but in the end fails, and so he he takes off. He's like, okay, I can't I can't be here while this war is going on. Um, I'm gonna you know he's gonna go off and do um, some other stuff and then come back, and so he does that after um, another hundred years kind of goes by. So 1829, which is the official. Um, time period Wisconsin, um, well, I guess it's 1836 when officially um, Wisconsin becomes a territory, or uh, Wisconsin Territory creates an act of the Supreme uh, United States Congress on April 20th, 1836. Uh, by the fall of that year, the best uh, primary groves of the country surround Milwaukee were occupied by New England farmers. Anyways, basically Wisconsin becomes a, a, a state around that time. Um, and and JD kind of comes back and is the one who works to kind of get um, Wisconsin to become a state, basically, um, and Madison to be the capital. Um, so one of the things that JD does around six, uh, 1836 is JD creates the capital on the supernode, um, and he has arrived. Um, he has approval of the Horizon Council, and um, has sent an open invitation to traditions across the world to join the Madison Chantry and to build chantries around Madison um, to kind of create yeah. a, a stronghold here in um, the New World. Uh, so let's let's go back a little bit. Uh, I, I I have a feeling the reason he waited until now to do that is because he's a hermetic, and he needs structures and symbols and stuff in order to take the power of the supernode. And until uh, basically Western civilization moved into the area and started building buildings, he he wasn't able to do that before. Right. Yeah. Until right? until there was like more yeah. western civilization kind of moving into the new world he wasn't you know he was more of just kind of gathering information the first time that he was here for the first hundred years you know and it was more um, yeah. the second time coming back was with all of the um more understanding of how to access that node as well as the concepts of building this huge structure around it um, which would require you know, Western civilization to, to take over that land, basically. Um, yeah. And uh, there's another part, though, that's a big thing that he needed to kind of wait for. Um, it, it's about 24 years afterwards, but um, Rebecca Troy is basically the, the key to unlocking this node, which is a um, Tremere vampire who used to be a order hermes mage before being turned into a tremere vampire um she was around before the time she was part of house tremere and she was part of house tremere before they were all turned into vampires um and she eventually decided that it was a good idea to continue working with her um 
you know, her house as a vampire, so she, she allowed herself to be embraced um, at around that time, well, before that time period. So she's been an ancient mage for a while before she became a vampire, but her understanding of death and her understand, uh, ability to kind of access the underworld without being totally messed up by it, um, which is kind of what happens to a lot of mages. They get the, the death resonance on them if they, uh, if they access it, where Tremere don't, you know, they're already dead. They don't care. So... Um, it yeah. wasn't until uh, really Rebecca shows up and he makes an alliance with her that, and in fact, he's the one who kind of brought her over here and had this, you know, had been working, had worked with her before she was a vampire. Yeah. I would just like to interject here that, that all of the, the stuff that we are currently explaining is lore that we came up with in what, 2015 and 2016 over the course of months where we were trying to figure out, like, okay, we've got this story to tell about this current Gahara Pact, and we have to go back in time and, like, figure out all these things that happened to make sure that it it's, like, where it is. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like, why is there a super note in Madison, and why does nobody know about it? And it's all this. Um, and, yeah, so, so my recollection of this part was that J.D., had like like he was playing the long game because like he's he's basically immortal with his magics, uh, kind of, and he's he's trying to get this huge power source because he's a hermetic and uh, he he just wants it for whatever reason, and he finally gets to the point where he's like I don't understand this part, but he used to work with uh, like you said Rebecca Troy who's now a vampire has access to knowledge of the underworld and that's the part that he was missing uh and now, so that's 1860 and i and correct me if i'm wrong but i think the next major event is when they eventually cast the spell to try and take over the node um yes yeah, so i'm trying to look for that i thought i had let's see here um... is it not in this document Because it was the night of the fire, um, the fire at the ca the capital that burned down. Uh, there was like a, a burning that, uh, like a huge event that happened at the. I thought that I had it in here. Let's see. Does not look to be in the document that I copied over, or the stuff that I copied here. Let me go back and just see if I can find that real quick. But, but yeah, there's a, a fire that happens in. Actually, I can just look it up in real air on Google. So, uh, yeah, I've got the there's there's one in 1904. That's it. The the fire of Madison's capital on fire. Wasn't there a weren't there two fires though? Uh, Madison capital fire. Let's see here, 1904, 1904. Everything I'm seeing is 1904. Yeah, and I'm pretty. I'm a ninety percent sure that that's uh, that's the one that we used because there was a, a a gas jet. Let's see here. There's something on the second floor. Yeah, basically Madison's capital burned down um, in 1904, and we kind of took that event and said, you know, all the stuff that you can read, and if you want to read about it. 
look it up on Google, but there's big, huge fire that burns down a whole bunch of Madison's uh, capital in 1904. And we blame that on Rebecca Troy and uh, JD, that they yeah. they cast a huge spell and kind of cracked open the the breach breached the barriers between between the two worlds and caused a huge like uh, basically by breaking this spell it caused this huge explosion of problems. Like we kind of have it that the the Umbra and the um, if I remember correctly, it was basically the Umbra, the Dark Umbra, and reality all kind of merged together, and there's all these crazy events that are kind of going on during that time period. Werewolves are trying to, like, deal with all of the Bane spirits that are running around causing chaos and stuff, and so this is when the the time that basically the, the new Gahara pack is created, where they're like, oh shit, <laughs> like, uh, first of all, they've learned that the Wraith were obscuring, you know, this, uh, this powerful node, and the Wraith were really pissed off about it, <laughs> you know, that they were trying to crack this, crack into their node. Um, the werewolves kind of find out about this because there's, um, you know, all these supernatural well, yeah, there's a crazy... huge. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, sorry, um, I think my connection went slow for a minute. Uh, yeah, in, in the Umbra, there's now just this, like, shining beacon of Gnosis and spiritual energy that like has been obscured by the Wraith for so long. And yeah, and so it's the the Wraith show up, the werewolves show up, the mages and vampires are already there. Right. Yep. So basically and at this point is when they're everybody like pissed. Yeah, everybody's pissed off at each other. Everybody's kind of trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. And so they all kind of get together and they say, okay, like there is a super node here, but it's way too powerful for it, for us to like one of us to own. Um, so all, how about all four of us work together? We'll we'll reuse this uh, wraith magic to kind of obscure it, and we'll reinforce it with all of our magics to to reinforce that cloak that's on it. Um, and then we'll also make it so that everybody kind of gets a little bit of that magic um, coming from this node. And so they all kind of agree, we'll keep it quiet, we're not going to give all of the power to, like, basically JD goes back and doesn't let any of the other mages know that there's a super node. The, Rebecca goes back to the vampire community and, you know, uses all this stuff to kind of help the vampire community, but doesn't let them know that there's a super node that's, that's helping them. Which, the vampires kind of use it for blood, We're, we kind of worked on a, a way of kind of creating a... Um, a special blood source for the vampires, which allows them to have more numbers than they normally would in Madison. Um, the mages use it to create the Horizon Realm. Um, the Wraith use it to continue to maintain their Tempest uh, Far Shore that they created. And um, the werewolves use it to power their um, Karn that they have in um the, uh, yeah. Arboretum. Uh, the the other thing that I came up with for the the werewolves was that uh, the the area Madison and the surrounding area you'll find a lot of uncorrupted worm spirits. Uh, so like the the worm is less corrupted in the Madison area. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
so and that kind of gets us to um you know there's a bunch of other kind of stuff that kind of happens um after that point um but i'll let uh, mike go on because i think that uh, the next really big thing to deal with the the node at at that point besides we did some minor things with a couple games that we did with it but the the next really major event and i think actually this event place first which is the 1999 avatar storm and the the great maelstrom that wipes out the wraith um so you know until 1999 you know basically from 1906 to 1999 there's this pack that's created the gahara pact between the vampires werewolves mages and wraith and in 1999 the avatar storm breaks um now the the mages of Madison aren't completely wiped out by this, um, or have, you know, aren't have, um, JD actually sticks around and it's, um, doesn't, from then on he doesn't go to the Umbra because he'll get killed by the Avatar shards that would rip him apart if he tried it. So he gets stuck on Earth, um, which is fine with him, and he continues to lead mage society in Madison, um, up until, like, 2016, um, or 15 when we, um, have a major event that kind of happens but the main thing that kind of happens here is that the wraith get wiped out um so all of the the power that was protecting um or the all the power that was the wraith were using to obscure the node that was no longer working and the pack needed to kind of go out and figure out how to um include a new group into this and um you know kind of how are we going to replace what the wraith were doing and so that kind of runs into what uh mike worked a lot on which was the hunter group so i'll let you go into a little bit of that yeah yeah so so in my conception um all of a sudden you have the shining beacon in kind of a desolate Shadowlands that had once been built up and well populated. Uh, and at the same time as the Avatar Storm wiping out the stuff in the Shadowlands and creating that beacon, um, you have this huge resurgence or huge surge of what we call hunters, which is from Hunter the Reckoning, which are humans imbued with uh, shards of stuff kind of almost know, like an good... avatar that they kind of like it, because it's shards from the avatar storm but yeah they never explain exactly what it is um, yeah, the, there's a couple they, books they're, on it they're very vague um i think uh the the best way that i've heard it described is hunters are the um the immune system of like humanity or the universe or something when things get really shitty uh, these avatar storms happen and imbue a bunch of people. Well, and that's uh, one in order interesting to fight thing away is, the darkness. And the interesting thing is, is that they uh, there is a book out there um, that has a bunch of hunter stuff in it. Um, it's called the Inquisitor, uh, I believe, books. Um, they're the the Dark Ages um, books that give you. If you look at their powers, they're almost exactly similar to what hunters have and so there's this concept that um a lot of people say you know in the hunter book kind of says that there were no hunters before 1999 however if you go back and look at the inquisition they had hunters and they had the same kind of powers um uh to a certain degree it wasn't the same powers 
uh, and they explained them in different ways. It was kind of like hedge magic, or uh, I think there was one that was like a true belief magic, like religious. And I kind of feel like as as we move into the 2000s era of World of Darkness, they kind of dropped those off. I, I could be wrong about that. Um, um, no, there's true uh, faith but anyway, is a huge so, thing so, in the 20th century, um, as well as hedge magic is a huge thing in the 20th century. But the books I'm talking about are very different. They're not hedge magic or true faith. It's specifically the uh, it's the Inquisition yeah, it's, books. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Inquisition. Um, and yeah, there's a word for it, but I can't remember what it is. Um, but regardless of all that, uh, in the Madison Under Siege mythos, Hunters did exist before 1999. There just weren't many. Uh, and so this one guy who had built this thing called the Hunter Academy and based it in Madison, uh, all of a sudden there's a lot of hunters. Uh, and he was aware of the uh, Gahara Pact before the Avatar Storm. Uh, but then when he found out about this stuff, he went to the Gahara Pact and he was basically like, I have some people that can solve your Shadowlands problem. And they did. And we never really came up with anything solid on that. It was just the hunters are now a part of the Kahara Pact uh, because they're the ones that have figured out how to obscure the node in the Shadowlands. Yeah, and and yeah, and add that, you know, extra little oomph that is needed. And we hadn't really figured out exactly what the hunters did with their portion of the the node magic either. Um, kind of maybe that uh, the danger room obelisk thing that you that you use um, might be related to that yeah, to a small degree, but yeah, I think even if they're not able to use the energy, because the way. Um hunters use energy is like if you can superpower them uh that basically just means you can level up really fast and then that's kind of kind of silly um but yeah there's other ways you could you could maybe say that they've figured out a way to channel the energy into making their effects larger uh so that uh the the person that there's a set of people who have to um, ward the area of the Hunter Academy. Wards are slightly stronger because they have access to the node. Um, but I think more than anything else, access to information was the thing that uh, Redmond Thatcher was uh, was really going for. Being a part of the organization was more important to him than anything else. Right, yep. Yeah, and that makes 100% sense. Yeah. Um, so and then after that we kind of uh, we kind of went into our own kind of world and we didn't um, or our own uh, where we started actually playing the games at Gen Con and having players get involved and um, and from then on we didn't really do anything special with this the super node besides just having it power all of these things um, we had some you know events that happened with you know how the vampires were making their blood. Um, which is like the, uh, they basically, eventually they created like this giant creature underneath Madison that just was filled with all this, uh, you know, p 
pure blood, basically, that they could, uh, you know, that they were just injecting a bunch of quiescence into this thing in order to make it grow bigger and have all this human-like blood in it that the vampires could feed off of. Um, and, and that turned into a problem. Um, but we didn't really have any of the other groups really dig in deeper, use much of that that node in-game. We just kind of used it as a way to explain why Madison is the way that it is. Yeah, there, there's more energy, and there's a very specific reason why all of the factions work together and know each other. Uh, it, it, it's basically the MacGuffin that we needed to make a four-table tabletop LARP work at Gen Con when there's a table of werewolves and a table of vampires. Because otherwise... And well, one of the big things that we did... In the big, well, one of the big things we did at the beginning of that is that none of the other groups knew about this Gahara pack. Um, and none of the people that were... Um, you know, no other werewolves. No, There was only one or two people, basically, from each group that knew. And then all yeah. of the leaders died. So JD dies... Rebecca Troy dies. Um, can't remember what the werewolf's uh, name uh, was or the hunter. Walter Walter Christopherson. Yep, and then um, what was the and Redmond Thatcher. Redmond Thatcher. So all th all four of those people die, but they all had like one person underneath them that was kind of teaching them, uh, or t you know, t let the uh, they're basically they all had an apprentice, and that apprentice went on to become you know part of the gahara pack but now that all of them got assassinated at the same time this is definitely something big going on if you can kill some of the most powerful creatures on earth when they're meeting together inside of a super node where they should be probably the most secure and safe um and so that kind of sparked all the rest of the groups to have to figure out these murders they they all had to learn that oh there was this Gahara Pack, the Super Node, and and this fight that's happening with um, the Nameless, basically, is what we did. Yeah. Um, and I believe that that first year was the Hunter Academy was attacked by evil hunters. The mages were attacked by the Technocracy. Was it? Um, yeah, I think it was the Technocracy. Um, the first yeah, the, year, the werewolves got attacked by their big bad, which was. Um, uh, William Erdogan Burke, uh, who was the the double shape changer. He was the oh yeah. He was actually he was actually a werewolf, but he so there's a thing called skin riders or skin dancers, yep. which uh, Samuel Haight, one of the the famous NPCs, was a a skin dancer where he he had to like patch together five werewolf skins and do this like really messed up uh, ritual to become a kind of a he, he's he's a werewolf he's a werewolf. automatically black spiral yeah he's a ghoul uh, werewolf mage yeah so he gets to keep his spheres um, he got to keep he got to do all the werewolf stuff and he gets to have vampire disciplines because he's a ghoul yeah, it was 
It's the, and then he gets um, turned anyway, into so, an ashtray. That's the best. That's the best part. Is the end is he's oh, an yeah. ashtray in the dark umbra. Like he he gets tr- yeah. he gets killed, becomes a wraith, and then when he becomes a wraith, he gets turned into an ashtray immediately. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so that that was just to introduce the idea of a uh, skin dancer, which is um, in in the books. It's I think you have to be a kinfolk of werewolves first, uh, and then you do this. Uh, worm-tainted ritual to graft a were- like a set of werewolf skins onto yourself. Um, so, uh, and then you be- basically become a werewolf. So my big bad was this guy who uh, he w- he had been receiving um, instructions from the nameless, and he he was legitimately a werewolf who became a black spiral, uh, and then. The nameless taught him this ritual, and he went out and he found uh, some mokale, which is the the were lizards, the the dinosaur shape changers, and he is a skin dancer for were lizards, and so he's got. That's just epic, powerful. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I don't think he never got used properly uh, for a fight because we didn't we didn't go past year three. He was supposed to be like the big bad for the werewolves. Um, but the idea was there was, a, you know, the, the track of uh, shape changers. Mm-hmm. You know, so Kronos is in the middle, wolf and then human. And so Mokale has the same thing. It's, you know, dinosaur at this end, human at this end, and then your war form up here. They but, only have so there's three, two though, arcs. Just human, warf, war form, oh, they... and... Oh, they only have three? They only have three, or yeah, three. They they don't have the in betweens of, if I remember correctly, for the Mokale. I could be wrong about that though. Uh, that's that's probably right. I I don't remember. Uh, but the idea is there's two arcs and there's two war forms. But then I was gonna say that there's a war form in the middle, that's like werewolf plus dinosaur war form. Yeah. And that was gonna be like his, his final shape that he turned into, that you fight at the end of the whole thing. Yeah, and, and of course, when you go into that form, you heal all of your damage. You know, the, the, the oh, yeah, first probably. time you do that, just because that's that's yeah. the boss fight mechanic. You know, <laughs> yeah, I Although, beat him. Uh, nope, he's got all of his life back. <laughs> yeah, the the mechanic that somebody suggested to me, I think it was uh, uh, one of my other GMs, Charles, uh, said, in order for him to maintain that form, he has to spend a rage every round. Ooh, yeah. So that like like it. Like, he can probably do a buttload of damage uh, per round and do a lot of powers and stuff. Uh, but it's like, at that point, how many rounds does he have? Right. Probably less than 10 because he's already used rage. Right. Well, it, you can gain some rage during combat, but. Uh, yeah, I suppose. It's not. Uh... It's not as easy to keep your war form going if you have to spend a rage every turn, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so th- and that kind of gives you kind of a just a general overview of what we did with uh, with these concepts of a super node in Madison. And I, um, you know, it, it was one thing that I think was awesome was it was about it was going back through history and trying to find things throughout history to match up with what we wanted to do with this super node. And I think that that kind of was uh, an experience that. Um, was just epic to kind of go back through all of history. Like we have this, you know, I don't know how many pages, but like it's like 20 page document plus of just 
different events that happened throughout the world of darkness and the real world and then we went okay now we're going to add in what happened in madison during these times and it was just a it really created like this really strong feeling of i i have a really good feeling for what the history of madison is in the real world and in my fictional world that i created yeah yeah it's it's uh it's actually one of my most favorite parts of world of darkness is that because it's set in our world uh you get to find out things about our world when you either play in or or research uh to run a game and uh and actually along the lines of you know going back in time to figure out like how to fit things in reading something about reading about something that happened a hundred years ago like like that fire that happened at the capitol we took that and said oh let's use that and and do this and that's how we came up with the idea that his first experiment failed yeah uh, and so and you can do that for basically any city in the world like come up with your backstory because because in world of darkness vampires and mages and werewolves to a certain extent are very long-lived so well werewolves not necessarily long-lived but they they're very uh, family oriented or whatever you know like they, the the line yeah goes. they they have, they're history oriented so like um galliards pass mm. on things yeah that's what it is but yes, they, they do not they do not live long no at no. least they shouldn't they normally don't. They usually don't make it to 60. It's something like, I think if you get to a certain age, there's like even honor involved with that, isn't there? Something? Or even dishonor, I think, uh, <laughs> if you like live for... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but yeah, I think that that's a good little wrap up here on uh, what we are calling Madison's Super Node. Is there anything that you want to include before we wrap up here? Mm. No, I think I'm good. All right, cool. Well, thank you all for watching Crossing Darkness, and uh, we will see you again at uh, Sunday at 7 p.m. Have a good one. Later, guys.